You're listening to the first episode of How Are We Not Invited, a podcast where two best friends living across the country gab about their lives, the entertainment industry, hot goss, and, well, whatever we damn well please. This week's episode features guest actor Jessica Bard, who will regale us with crazy stories from the movie sets he's worked on. We're glad you're here, but, like, how are we not invited? Rolling out now for an epic night. Dressed to the nines, all stars in sight. But to their fright, they can't get inside. Now on the guest list, well, check it twice. Can't get in. Rev's anger ignited. MK's heart stop, can't revive it. Bouncer saying, hey, let's not get excited. Day yell back, how are we not invited? How are we not? How are we not invited? Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the How Are We Not Invited podcast with Rebecca and Mary-Kate. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Mary-Kate. And we are so excited to be here and share our stories and thoughts with you. We created this podcast in hopes to give people a good laugh and something like to listen to because we know these are crazy, difficult, and tough times. And to give us ourselves something to do as well. That is very true. I am (laughs) quite bored in quarantine. I'm like oddly not bored. I feel like I have so many things happening, but we're we're doing it anyway. (laughs) You're in business school. Yep. Speaking of that, Mary-Kate, can you um, give us a little intro on yourself so that everyone can get to know us? Yeah, definitely. Um, So... Rebecca and I actually know each other because we both worked on movies in Boston together. Um, So work is what bonded us, but our fellow love of just like talking and making trouble is what (laughs) I think made us be friends. Um, I worked in production accounting for movies and TV shows for about eight years, started off in Boston and then moved to New York. After a few years here in the city, I decided to take the jump last year and go back to grad school and get my master's in business from a top tier school. And that's like a whole new adventure um, that has been wonderful and stressful. And I'm sure we'll talk plenty about that as well. Yes. You're going to have to elaborate on that in future episodes. Definitely. Definitely. Still planning on working in entertainment and media Um, but just not on the production side of things, sort of looking bigger picture, studios, networks, that kind of dealy. But um, yeah, we'll see how that goes. You're the smart friend of the two of us. Let's face it. I don't know about that. (laughs) I don't know about that. Come on. All right. Um, Tell us about you, Rebecca. All right. Well, so you're in New York City. I'm over here in Los Angeles. So we are bi-coastal best friends. Mm -hmm. Um, which I love. We get the best of both worlds, the two best cities in the country. Try to fight. Well, wait, 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 wait. Uh Boston. Uh Boston is the best city in the country. You are right. You are right. And speaking of Boston, (laughs) speaking of Boston, that is where I started my film career in production. And I um, worked there for eight years, but I am from Rhode Island. So I just have to say that I know you guys are listening to me and saying, what is that accent? And <laughs> I really think it is the combination of going to school in New York, growing up in Rhode Island, spending eight years of my life in Boston and working amongst all local Boston crew with those very thick mm-hmm. accents. Mary-Kate, I know you're from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yep. Your accent definitely comes out. 
comes out with two things, alcohol or anger. Yes. <laughs> and my crappy Rhode Island accent comes out so bad when I'm talking to my family and friends. Um, I love it. But uh, I have to just make a comment on one of the movies Mary-Kate and I worked on together. There was a dialect coach who was um, trying to help a British actress get her accent to be perfect for a Boston accent, which was, mm -hmm. as you know, difficult. Um, and she was really fascinated by my accent. And she said, you're from Rhode Island. Did you grow up in Cranston, which is the city I'm from? And for those How of you- she know? Well, according to her, in all her studies of dialect, the Cranston, Rhode Island accent is very, very similar to the Brooklyn, New York accent. And she said it's the only city in Rhode Island that has that accent. That's why. And a lot of people my whole life have told me that I'm, I sound like I'm from New York. And I used to think it was because I went to school in New York. So for four years, I thought I maybe picked up like the New York accent. But she said, no, it's because for it's the only city in Rhode Island that like has a Brooklyn, a similar dialect, not, you know, huh. exactly the same. But anyway, so. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a fun tidbit. But anyway, back to what I've been up to. So eight years in Boston film and then uh, decided to make the big move to L.A. to further my career. And I've been out here hustling and working in film. I did a quick gig in-house at Paramount for a couple years working. She's uh, kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm not invited anywhere. So not that big of a deal. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on it. But yeah, I uh, two years in-house in at Paramount in physical production, back out, uh, working on films. And we'll tell you more about what I've worked on um, when we start to talk about the movies Mary-Kate and I have done. Yeah, I think that's sort of the interesting thing about our perspective on like the entertainment world and pop culture is that we both have this production background. So I'm super familiar with the way the money is spent on these shows. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, everything that we consume, we kind of have that lens of like what's going on behind the scenes. And we talk about it all the time and get into trouble together, which is kind yeah. of how we <laughs> became friends to begin with. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, so the first movie, Mary-Kate, that we worked on together where we met was mm -hmm. in, Bo in Boston. And it was the movie The Judge with yes. Robert Downey Jr. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. It's a great movie. It's it's a cute mm -hmm. movie um, made by Warner Brothers. Um, and that's where we met. And we I had just moved back to Boston from Rhode Island because I had um, done a few independent films in Rhode Island. Um, so I was finishing up on... The movie Infinitely Polar Bear with Mark Ruffalo. Um, I was talking to, this is a side note, but I was talking to like an executive at Sony Pictures Classics for 
like a school project I was doing. And he was saying that that's the, one of the best movies he's ever worked on. And that Mark Ruffalo, like, or that Mm -hmm. one of the best properties they've ever had. And that Mark Ruffalo still to this day talks about how much he loved that character that he played in that movie. I haven't it's, seen it. But. It's a great movie. And I heard the whole crew had a wonderful time working on that movie. And that Mark was just such a pleasure to work with. And yeah, he's such a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we had met on The Judge. And Mary-Kate, you were the accounting clerk. I was. And I was a uh, tiny baby. Had my yeah. own office, which was weird. That was weird. Was That's like, not normal. No, it was like me in filing cabinets. That yeah. Was- <laughs> Yeah, the way that worked. But um, then I got moved, and then I had an alcove instead of my own office. That's right, because I remember when you were out. So I was the production secretary on that film. Um, there's various, for those of you who don't work in film, there's various different um, production jobs in the production office, which is like the hub of um, a film where all the information filters through. Um, and um, production secretary is kind of like a mid-level job in the office so I was in the office full-time Mary-Kate was in the office full-time and we met and it was love at first sight mm-hmm. and I think we like complimented each other's makeup or something it or- must have been makeup yeah. I must have been like your red lipstick girl looks <laughs> so good is it mac oh, what is it that we was the time of like com- red lipstick all the time to work do you remember yes. that we were in our 20s we are yeah. no longer in our 20s. No. Oh, my God. I was about to be like, yes, I am. No, <laughs> no you're not, girl. <laughs> this one just had a birthday recently. Yes. Um, I'm well into my 30s, and Mary Kay has just entered. Yep. We are 30, flirty, and thriving. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although both of us have boyfriends, so we're not like too say. flirty. We're just like, well, we're like the friendly flirty. Yeah. <laughs> I think flirting doesn't need to be exclusively romantic. No, no, not at all. (laughs) But yeah, I think when we met, it was around the time where like eyebrows were a real thing. So I feel like there was probably some talk of like, your eyebrows are so good. Like, do you do them yourself? Like, yeah, that that was the kind of thing we would talk about. Yeah, we used to, it was like definitely a love that started on like makeup and products and like, where'd you get your outfit? Mm -hmm. And like, oh my God, I love that. I love your, cause it was like, I love your style. You look so good. It was like total female empowerment. Like, girl, you look so good every day. What's your secret? Kind of. Even though I got subtweeted by someone who is now a friend of ours on that uh show who said like if you're bigger than an extra large she tweeted if you <gasps> if you're bigger than an extra large don't wear leggings as pants and i was wearing that's leggings right pants all the damn time <laughs> but now i can't remember we'll have to sidebar and you'll have to remind me who said that because i don't yeah. remember that's terrible and then um, i printed out like a little graphic of a girl doing a dance and was like i'll wear leggings as pants you can't stop me and put it on my desk <laughs> who doesn't by the way yeah i mean as long as you're not wearing it as like a workout outfit that's where i like draw the line like mm. don't wear workout clothes to work i know we work in film and it's like casual but i really don't like that look yeah um and some people do that <laughs> I won't name names. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, so we met on The Judge. um, And funny tidbit on that is that we used to just be so excited to 
for our new friendship and we wanted to talk all the time. So I used to always leave my desk. Now, mind you, my job was to answer the phones that, <laughs> that came into the production office. But uh, I would leave my desk often to go see Mary Kay and visit her and say hi. And um, her boss used to come out and get upset with us for chatting at her desk. <laughs> we got in trouble we also got in trouble when we worked on black mass for doing the same thing we just like can't That's stop right. talking which is i guess why it's really appropriate that we are doing a podcast because we're just gonna get to hear ourselves talk like for an hour a week which that is was gonna be amazing <laughs> I'm so excited. That's also, by the way, when we were talking about starting this podcast, we were like, we love hearing ourselves talk and we think each other is so funny. Maybe <laughs> everyone else in the world will too. Yeah. I mean, we got to try it. Like, yeah, that's too bad if you don't. Yeah. But here we are. You can shut us off now if we haven't made you laugh once yet. Um, <clears throat> but Bye. yeah, so <laughs> speaking of Black Mass, um, that was the second movie we did together. That was a Johnny Depp movie that filmed in Boston. Uh, Johnny Depp played Whitey Bulger. I was also the production secretary again. It was right before I started assisting. It was my last like production job in the office before I started assisting on set. Um, and Mary-Kate, you were in accounting I, again. Yeah, I was in accounting. I was the accounting assistant, which was like half a step a up little from bit. clerk, yep. but not a second assistant. So... Close. It was just a glorified clerk, basically. Yeah, and I remember we used to leave each other, like, little post-it notes on our desks. And if, we like, did. someone took a day off, we'd, like, be like, I missed you so much on the post-it. <laughs> oh, and we used to, like, print each other photos, remember? Like, oh, my God, yeah. Our like, desks actors. were really decorated. I had, like, a thing where I really liked to, like print photos of Leonardo DiCaprio. And, like, remember those memes where he used to be doing, like, really funny things, like that weird walk? <laughs> You remember that? <laughs> I'm doing the motion, but nobody yes, can see no. me. Um, the arms, the like yeah. joyful arms. Yes, the joyful arms. <laughs> I used to love putting pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio at my desk and like memes. Yeah, old we, school memes. Yeah, we used to print them out for each other and leave them at each other's desk. Um, I still think to this day, like I've done a quite a few movies and TV shows in New York, but nothing, no crew that I've worked on has been as close as the Boston crew that yes. we work with have, were. I like, agree. We made such good friends and like everyone kind of knew how everybody worked. Yep. It was great. And everybody had been working together for like five to 10 years, if not longer. Um, all the local crew is always the same group. I definitely noticed that change when I came out to LA um, and I've done a few movies here in LA um and i did i definitely noticed there's a difference it's not as like tight net a lot of people like are just meeting for the first time because you know most movies aren't even shot in los angeles they're shot all over the world wherever the best tax incentive is or um you know just better places to shoot but mm -hmm. i do so i feel like because of that because we don't shoot as much here um you know, it's kind of like, it's just not that, it's like, it's not a family like it is in Boston. In Boston, it was a family. Yeah. For sure. Um, and you just Which get is, so close. Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting that you say family because that brings us to our guest today, who is your boyfriend. Yes. 
who you met while working on Finest Hours. Which, which is a movie we worked on together. I know. I'm yeah. so excited for our first guest who's coming up in a couple minutes. His name is Jesse. Um, he, he is my boyfriend, yes, but he's also but awesome. But he's very cool. Yeah. And like, he's... I don't know him very well, so, so it should yeah. be interesting for all of us. <laughs> so the, the third and final, unfortunately, movie that – Mary-Kate and I worked on together, was The Finest Hours. Um, one of the best movies I've worked on to date. I really had one of the best experiences on it. If you guys don't know, it's a Disney film that starred Chris Pine and Casey Affleck. And um, it was a, a true story based on a, um, a tanker that split in half during a nor'easter. And... In Massachusetts, off the coast of Chatham, Massachusetts. And the Coast Guard sent out four guys on a small lifeboat motorboat called the CG 36500. And they went out blind, couldn't see anything, managed to find this oil tanker that was split in two and saved 32 guys off the boat and got them into their boat that was only supposed to fit 14 people tops and brought them back to shore. It's like insane. The book's good too. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's an interesting story for sure. So Chris Pine's character plays one of the Coast Guard guys. He's the star of the movie. Then Casey Affleck's character plays the guy that was on the Pendleton ship, which was the big tanker. Um, And Jesse's character was on the um, Pendleton boat. But I won't get too much into that until we bring him on. Mm -hmm. But um, just an interesting tidbit about that movie, Mary-Kate, because I remember... You used to come visit me on set. So I was assisting yeah. on that movie, an actor and a creative producer. I was dual assisting. Um, and so I was on set. Mary-Kate was in accounting. You were a second then, right? Yes, that was my first job as a second. Yeah. So she used to come visit me on the set. And the interesting thing about that set um, is that they had built a water tank in a warehouse, an empty warehouse in Quincy Massachusetts and it was right across the street from the production office which is where Mary Kate worked so a lot of the people Mm -hmm. in the office could come over to set whenever they wanted which isn't usually the case um so Mary Kate used to come visit and I just remember like meeting her by the tank uh and we were so cold oh my god we were like I used to be like don't forget to like bundle up like we started filming that movie in October and it felt like it was like January or February in there because there was no heat. It was a cement building. Yeah. And it just a ton of water. Like, yeah, it was like almost probably what half a football field with like 50, 50 feet deep tank. I think if I remember correctly, because I had to pay for the excavation of this tank. Yes. I remember looking at like, how crazy big it was and then finally going over to set and I literally remember I got lost looking for you around (laughs) that's how large it was because the tank was like draped with curtains or something around it kind of and um to like black it it out right yeah and make sure that all the screen green screen yeah yeah and I was super lost looking around this it was a big warehouse I mean they like literally built this tank from scratch and they had like specialty crew who could swim like you know they hired them to like go in there and they basically built these like big gimbals and the boats were in this tank and then everything else was uh visual effects and special yeah. effects and all that was 
pretty incredible. Um, there was a couple scenes that they actually shot in the water, um, which was in Chatham. And fun fact about this movie, guys, is we went out to Chatham on location to shoot um, a week's worth of work. And it was during, it was like a couple scenes where they wanted to get the boat in an actual ocean. And they, they wanted to get like the wintry winding roads for some of the car scenes and everything. I kid you not, this movie is about a nor'easter. We were in Chatham. <laughs> this was probably early December, late November. Yeah. And a nor'easter actually happened <laughs> while we were in Chatham. Do you remember that, Mary Kate? I wasn't in Chatham. They wanted, they were maybe going to send me and have me working out of like a car dealership in Chatham because that's like oh. one, of the, one of my favorite things about Boston or Massachusetts-based films is how, like, ragtag it is. Because, like you said, like, it was literally a warehouse that was converted into this amazing soundstage. And then, meanwhile, like, we were working in an old school in Quincy. It was an elementary school. Uh-huh. And then they wanted me to be in, like, a, a an old car dealership in Chatham. But then that building didn't have heat. So they just didn't send accounting to that building i don't know it was very strange so i wasn't in chatham except for the rap party which is like a whole other story. oh yeah that's we don't even have time for that tonight the rap parties for films are always a blast there's always a story but anyway so yeah so it was just wild because it was like what are the odds that we're out here in chatham shooting this these scenes that were supposed to take place during the nor'easter and we actually had a nor'easter and we were shooting all nights overnights so we actually had to shut down. I can't remember if we shut down for one or two days, but we didn't film for a couple of nights because it was too dangerous. And because, um, you know, we had to go out on the ocean. But I just remember I had never been so cold in my life, not just in the warehouse in Quincy with the tank, but also in an overnight in Chatham in December in winter shooting right, you know, at the waterfront. It was. Yeah. Massachusetts is cold in the winter and then imagine that plus being wet with salt water and like just totally drenched middle of the night I I can't even imagine like being being on the coast is very cold anyway because you get a lot of winds off the coast I'm just thinking if like people aren't from Massachusetts you might not know how cold this is like it's very cold but like bone that kind of like chill that gets in your bones cold yes it's it's really bad and the crew had to you know they basically you couldn't only could see their eyes because they were so covered in their protection gear like from head to toe because it was so cold um but anyway maybe this is a good time to bring on jesse so we can talk more about the finest hours by the way, everyone, we're going to provide an email address at the end of this episode. And I know we're telling these stories very quickly, but if there's one of these movies that you want to hear more about or want us to talk more about or give more details, like we'll give you an email address so you can shoot us a note and let us know if, yeah. if one of these movies has interested you and you want us to get into more detail. We'd love to. Definitely. We're, we're telling fast stories over here. The, the most important story I have about The Finest Hours for me personally was that I was going through a breakup and was crying in an elementary school bathroom every day <laughs> in the afternoon and I didn't think that was something I was going to do at 25 years old and here I was. So if you want interesting stories like that, let us know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
listen, we spend most of our days on these movies and they're long days, long shoot days, long hours. So a lot, I, you know, people say when you work on a movie, it feels like, you know, a few years of your life goes by in that one movie because you're spending so much time with these people. All right, so we are ready now for our first guest who happens to be my boyfriend. It's not my only defining characteristic. Jesse Gabbard. Hi, hi, Jesse. Hey, hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. How are you today? Uh, I'm great. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be sitting here with you. Oh, he's so sweet, isn't he? Oh, All right. Thanks. I'm so happy that you're here as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we were just talking about The Finest Hours before you got here. Yeah, and my first film ever. Your first film as an actor or ever, ever? I've been a professional actor for uh, 20 years, uh, and I've been doing stage uh, pretty much my entire life. Theater? Theater, yeah, mm -hmm. in New York and regionally. And uh, I was doing uh, Twelfth Night with uh, Commonwealth Shakespeare Company. Uh, they do a, a Shakespeare in the Park on Boston Common every year, which is fantastic. And there's like 10,000 people out there, and it's like the biggest high ever when you get to do that. Uh, but some of the people that I was there with uh, were like, hey, uh, why don't you come to this audition? They're looking for stunt guys uh, because I have a, a lot of background in uh, movement and combat. And um, I was the dance captain on this show and the movement captain. So they were like, come to this, come to this audition. So I went uh, and I get in there and they were like, all right, well, you don't have a stunt reel. And I'm like, well, no, because I'm an actor. And they said, well do you have a reel? I said, no, because I'm a stage actor. I said, okay, here's a, here's the script. They gave me a few sides. They put me on camera doing it. They sent it off to the producers and uh, the director who I guess saw it and then flew out the next day and hired me as main cast, which was wow. epic. That's I know. Amazing. What a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I got that phone call, they were like, oh, we have some news. I was like, oh, cool. I got some days as a stunt guy. And they were like, no, no, it's a lot different than that. And I was like, oh, uh, what's, what's up? And they were like, well, you know, we're putting you on hold because you made it. And I was like, made you made it. One. You've made it. And I was like, all right. So what, what was the name of your character? Domingo. Domingo. And yeah. he was on the Pendleton boat, right? Yeah, he was on the Pendleton. And what was his role in the movie? In the movie, he's uh, tasked as the radio operator. Uh -huh. uh, he was one of the only Latino men on the ship, Domingo. Mm. Um, and uh, he was generally just like a, a machine shop guy. Uh, but for specifically in this movie, they changed that character to work on the radios. Hmm. What did that feel like getting the call that you're going to be in a Disney movie as like a main cast member? Because that's like what people are trying to do. And like, you, that wasn't even your goal, it sounds like in that moment. But like, no, I didn't even that know happened. it was a Disney movie, really. I didn't know anything about it uh, until they brought me in for the uh, meeting with uh, Jim and Craig. That's uh, the producer and director, right? Yeah, yeah. the producer mm -hmm. and director. It, That's wild. They, uh, it, was, it was surreal. You know, mm -hmm. I was just excited to have a job, and then I found out it was a like, Disney movie, yeah. and then I couldn't tell anybody because yeah. they're like, you can't, <laughs> it's a secret, uh, which is weird because when you're on stage and you do auditions... You know the character, you know the the show, 
you know, everything. But for film, they do, like, fake titles, fake characters. You have an NDA, uh, so you can't talk about it until until they say, okay, you can talk about it. But it was it was trippy, man. It was trippy when they told me. Like, when I hung up the phone after talking to the casting director, I was like, that was weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I almost didn't even believe it. I was like, yeah. ah, that's this is this can't possibly be. So, and then I got the contract. When you were on set for this movie, mm-hmm. I just need to know, like, were you cold? Because <laughs> I was cold and I wasn't in. I was really cold and I was in full winter gear, not in the tank in the water. It was cold in the office, so yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I need to know how cold it. you were in the boat. It was fall and winter, and I think you guys talked about there being a water tank. Yeah, and I cannot express to you how big it was. It was so big that in order to get to the part of the boat that we were supposed to be on, like they actually had the uh, um, the boat. They actually had the Coast Guard boat that they used for the rescue in the water next to the side of a tanker yep. that was on a gimbal. And you had to take a boat inside <laughs> to get to the boat that was I next to the boat. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's crazy. Literally, they were yeah. in 40 dudes to get on this one tiny, tiny boat. And then um, they had waves and it was like, it was bananas. And it was so cold, and it got colder because we they, started in the fall. Oh, the went, waves! I forgot about the waves. Do you remember Jesus. the director used to always say, "Start the waves, start yes. the ele- elements, start the elements." So they would actually, Jesse, they would, they would, the special effects team would actually pour rain and snow on you guys, right inside yeah, it was that. Yeah, it was real rain and real snow. Yeah. Well, it wasn't real snow, but <laughs> it, was, it was icy. It was fake snow. It was special effects snow. Well, but it was cold, snow. right? Like it was frozen water. The, the water was so cold, and they were like, "Oh, it's heated," but just because it's heated, it's a hundred yeah, feet off the floor. So not... as soon as you start spraying it, it gets to the air temperature real quick. Yeah, it was very. So by the time it hit us, it was frigid. It was coming off the, <laughs> off the side of the boat. Yeah, and I was right under one of the flues that. Uh, on these tankers, they have these little portholes that when water gets on the deck, it comes shooting off back into the ocean. But for this, the boat is positioned, the rescue boat's positioned right under one, and my spot on the boat is right under one of those exits. So I was just getting pelted by just hundreds of gallons of freezing water constantly. That's it was crazy. so cold. At one point, my hand froze to the side of the boat. It was like, like the kid like in a Christmas story I, with the pole. Yeah, with the and like the costumes are like a, a real period style stuff. So like it was Dickies, flannel, yeah. wool, stuff that was like a sponge. Right, so because this, what year stuff. did this actually take place in? Uh, right after right after World War Two. So it was like nineteen um, late forties, early fifties. Yeah, forty-eight, forty-nine, some fifty, something. It was the nineteen fifties, I think. I think it was early 50s. Frigid. Frigid. The only thing that saved us, what production did, thank God, is they got us these electric shirts that we could put underneath our clothing. And you could turn them on and they have like little electrodes on them that heat up. Mm -hmm. So that was like Mm -hmm. a super big lifesaver. But then that stuff wore out real quick because the water was so cold. So uh, So you'd have to like get out and like you couldn't Mm -hmm. keep shooting. So what they did is they got one 
big long hose that came from a water heater and they put it down next to the boat so in in between shots we would take it out of the water and stick it up our pant legs and fill our clothes up with warm water wow i actually didn't know that and then that's crazy and then when they would say go we'd let the hose back into the back under the boat Mm mm-hmm and they had like scuba divers and stuff all around the boat too. So right. like they would yeah. be holding on to the stuff. So like if you fell off the boat, they would rescue you and and stick the hose on you. Like um, one of the actors did like this a big fall and he's supposed to be floating in the water. And for that, they had all the scuba divers around him and they put the hose like right up in his costume so he could just stay there. And he was totally fine. So the water <laughs> around him was nice and warm, but everywhere else was freezing. Yeah. And I know like it was difficult. I remember when I was on set because... They had the gimbal, so the boat was always rocking. Oh, so it was insane. So they had to get the effect of like the waves. Mm-hmm. They had this machine rocking the boat back and forth. So on top of them getting pelted with rain and snow and water, they also were dealing with movement back and forth and back Ew. and forth. My first day on set, my first day on my move on a movie set ever in my life, <laughs> I get on this on this boat. Please thing. tell me you threw up. <laughs> no, it was crazier than that. So mean, Mary okay. Kate. No, like, I, I would have. I would have. Literally, was the side of a tanker ship, so it's huge, and you got like eight staircases to climb to get up on top of this thing mm-hmm. before it starts like rocking and rolling. So I go all the way up there. I'm standing there. I'm dry at this point. I'm like, okay, this is going to be weird. And like up in front of us, they have these the towers. They're called wave towers with giant 500-gallon drums on them. And it's got this slide that comes straight down and then goes across the deck, it looks like. Like if you're looking at it, it's like if a, if a kid jumped down a slide and you know, you're looking at it and you're there to catch them. But instead of a kid, it's 500 gallons of water or 1,000 <laughs> gallons. So... I'm dry and they go start the elements and it starts raining and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And then the boat starts rocking. I'm like, oh, this is really sick. And they're like, all right, Jesse, hold this rope. You got these stunt guys over here. They're holding this rope and they're all, and we're all getting ready. And they're like, okay, so we're going to have like a wave come through and like, it's going to wash you out. So just like move with the water. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, sweet. All right, I'm down. Uh, And they put us real close to the edge of this, (laughs) to this uh, slide. Did you fall off? I I'm just imagining. Fucked up. Oh man, I got screwed <laughs> up. Did you so fall bad. off the boat? I did not fall oh, off the okay. boat, but they let the <laughs> thousand thousand gallons go, and it comes flying down, and literally, it's just a huge tsunami wall, and it just plows everybody. So like, we're all on camera, then the wave hits, and we're all gone, <laughs> and like, oh my God. there's like a couple of stunt guys I mean, in front was... of me. Uh, one of them got actually hurt on this go. Um, That's right. There was a couple injuries on this film because of all the elements and the movement and the water. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a few practical injuries. practical effects. Yeah. Can cause issues. I mean, they really did. Sense. They really did mirror the actual weather and elements very well. They had a water cannon then... at one point. So I'm like, yelling oh, I remember off the side that. of the boat and they shot me in the face with a water cannon. Oh <laughs> Didn't you God. get hurt, too? Didn't you yeah, get? Yeah. He got cut, I remember. I had a, I you had needed a, stitches, didn't you? No, I had oh. uh, shrapnel in my face. Yeah, that's right. There was, in, order to, in order to get things to fall exactly when they need to fall, they put like little explosives in stuff. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So in mm-hmm. one of these, in one of the, uh, the tackle, they call them tackles, uh, that hold this boat up, and they had explosives in it, and it, they blew it, and some of the shrapnel from it, freak accident, came out and went through my cheek. Uh, and was like stuck in there. It was gross. Yikes. 
I'm, I don't have scar. I'm fine. I know you don't. What would it? <laughs> if I had a scar, would I might not have dated you? If you had a scar. <gasps> wow. I'm just kidding. The hot I would, takes are coming out. I would just like to know <laughs> for the audience and guests who don't know us. Um, I did not date Jesse during the finest hours. We actually started dating years later. Uh, we both moved to L.A. around six months from each other, and we reconnected at a Halloween party. Um, so that's when we started. I was dressed our... up as a Christmas tree and plugged into the wall. Yeah. It was we very getting... irresistible. <laughs> that's true. Very mobile, too. Yes. Wow. <laughs> um, but anyway, but yeah, we were not dating on the finest hours. Just where we just met there. Anyway. I have a question for Jesse. So Rebecca and I were just saying how like close we got working together on films, even though, I don't know, all told, we probably only worked together for about two years, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, um, maybe a little bit more. I don't remember. But do you feel like working on that film, like, did you make any close friends as well? Like, did you have that same kind of experience where you're like immediately bonded? Like I know you were saying that the the like main the lead actors were like <laughs> you don't have to whisper. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why you gotta be weird? <laughs> okay, guys, whispering real, next to a microphone. Real talk. That's not a secret. Real anymore. talk because Jesse and I live together. We're actually sitting next to each other in front of the microphone right now. <laughs> So I just answered the question for him by whispering it into his ear. I think as far as I work as an artist, I try to maintain good and solid relationships with everyone that I work with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yes, uh, there are a few people who um, have been fantastic friends since uh finest hours and there are people that i still talk to Uh, a lot of the guys in the main cast i'll still text Mm -hmm. give them updates find out updates from them when i moved out here i actually moved out here with some people who are already uh one person who was on the movie was moving out here and the other kid lived out here already um it was chris and dana and i moved out here with them we'll have chris on another episode he was um in the finest hours as well. He's a little redhead guy. He stands next to me. You can see him if you check in the movie. He's there. Stay Screen tuned. time. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I try. I try to always, you know, take something good away and and keep the good people that I've met. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. That's cool. And I got Rebecca out of the deal, so that was fun. He did get me out of the deal, although he used to um, ask so. I was oh, I was an actor assistant on that movie, so I was always by the actor trailers, and he used to always be sitting on the. All the actors would sit on the stoop and smoke cigarettes, um, you know the little stairs that go up to the trailer, the stoop, uh, and Jesse would always be out there smoking. He doesn't smoke anymore, uh, but he um, would always be like, "Oh, hey, Rebecca, like come hang out." come hang out and I would be like running around I was working for two people a producer and an actor I was running around my head cut off and I'd always be like with my hands full I had like cappuccinos and paperwork and this and that and everything on the phone and I'd be like no sorry Jesse like I can't I don't have time but it was cute because he would always persistently ask me if I wanted to come hang on the stairs with him to his trailer 
That's cute. I know. That's real cute. It only had it only had blue bloods. Like a lot of trailers had like TVs and stuff, but mine only played blue bloods. That's really the show. It only played the show. It only played it. Like I must have watched like three seasons of that. Like that sounds like a mistake. (laughs) Why didn't Transmo come in and fix that? Because they didn't care about me. (laughs) Okay, so Jesse. Do you have any like crazy hijink stories from being on set? Like, yeah, um, sets are always a lot of fun to be on. I've learned. Normally, we do like antics, and I'm a jokester on like my stage shows. But for the uh, for films, we really get to step it up because uh, there's just a lot more people to screw with, and there's a lot of time. I mean, yeah, downtime are... is insane. Uh, you, oh, know, yeah. you could be called. You can be called in at the beginning of the day and not really shoot till the end of the day, and then you're just around in your trailer, in your trailer sitting in your at base blue bloods camp, trailer, my blue bloods trailer <laughs> yeah. in base camp, and you can only watch so much of that show before you go out and start wreaking havoc. So we had um, one of our uh, there's like a, a PA that's assigned to base camp, the base camp PA, mm-hmm. and uh, I used to screw with her all the time. Uh, she was like this. Little, this little girl was like really. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say she's high strung. She's not high strung, but she. Took well, the that job, job you have to be high strung to yeah. do. She took the job very seriously. She so. has to deal with all you annoying oh. actors. Yeah. Every day. Which is fine. So Getting paperwork way... from artists is hard. So. A hundred percent, especially when we're gonna go out of our way to make it crazy for you, like take your bicycle. <laughs> And put it on top of the trailer so you can't get it. That's what you did to this girl? You took her bicycle and put it on top of yeah. the trailer? She was so... Yeah. I remember her. Or she'd she be was like... not very tall. <laughs> no, she's short. Oh, no. She was funny. Or like she'd like come How look she... for us. We'd like tell her we were one place, but really we're in another. How so did she I... get the bike <sighs> off the trailer? I don't know. That was not my, that wasn't my problem. Evil. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. You can't get me at Crafty if you can't bike over there. Or, like, we would take the, they had this gator, because, like, the compound everything was in was so big, mm-hmm. so they had a gator, to, like, the sound crew had a gator to, like, move their all their equipment, so we stole that one day, and we're, like, just driving around the boat docks with it, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> they couldn't find us. It was great. Crafty. Crafty. I discovered Havarti cheese for the first time on uh, oh, Finest Hours. Okay. And I used you to. You didn't discover Havarti cheese until you were in your 30s? I wasn't in my 30s. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. I just so I discovered Havarti cheese, and I would raid the crafty fridge for it, and like just eat it constantly. Uh, so much so that one day the crafty guys, um, they were awesome, but they like wrote in the crackers on the craft table that the cheese was not for me. <laughs> like, yes, you don't touch this cheese. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so they like wrote it on there because I was with you. It. Yeah. Actually, was, didn't they? Because I remember this. Didn't they also used to write like Fat Kid Friday? And like different things with the the crackers. Yeah, yeah, they they yeah. always put like messages in the food, which was fun. That is funny. Um, was that Davey and yeah, 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 yeah Team yeah, Crafty? They yeah, were. Team Crafty was cool. And then, but then, like the difference between that set and the Lifetime movies was huge because you know Disney movies are millions of dollars, but a Lifetime movie mm-hmm. is not as much money. What and life- it's condensed. Um, what so- Lifetime movies did you do? I've done, I've done a couple. You should go check them out. The Wrong Car, which is amazing. Cult classic. I have seen that one. I love a Lifetime movie. Go watch this one. It's amazing. Who is your character in The Wrong Car? His name is Juan. Juan. He's a, he's a Did you get murdered? Did you murder someone? I can't tell you. You have to watch the movie. 
Damn. No, but okay. you should tell her who your character was. I can't. You're just going to watch it, and then I'll be there, and you'll be like, wow, you were an amazing actor. Why didn't you win an Oscar? And I'll be like, because television movies don't win Oscars. Well, I believe I recall Juan was a gangbanger. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. As one as one does. <laughs> and you know, don't don't spoil it, no spoilers. Anyway, okay. so the sets oh. the sets are um, just locations and we were shooting in Worcester. Worcester, Massachusetts, which is not the best it's rough safe town. Yeah, and the areas we were shooting uh, by the strip club um, in the movie we call it Sweaty Betty's. <laughs> so like Ooh. oh it was it was it was rough. <laughs> it was rough over there. So oh, it's what was great. going on on set during the wrong car? So we were shooting at this one part where shoot, we shoot at this hotel. And it is it's one of those hotels that people live in uh, when oh, they can't afford dear. an apartment. So like the people there are, are living there. Uh, and they're in a rough part of their life, I would say. So, mm-hmm. uh, But they live there and we're shooting this like quiet scene outside of this door in this window. And, you know, we're talking and talking, and then all of a sudden inside, these two people start having this huge fight. Like, knocked down, like, throwing stuff. This dude stands up on the bed. The guy who's in the apartment stands up on the bed in front of the window, <laughs> and his his dick is just hanging there in frame while we're doing this scene. Oh and he's God. yelling at this woman. They're throwing stuff, and it's just, like, swinging back and forth. Oh, my God. But we're not facing it, so we don't know what's there. <laughs> but, like, they keep rolling. Yeah, they kept rolling because, like, <laughs> I don't really know why. But, you know, you don't want to waste There's it. just, like... Don't waste that memory card. Oh, so, my God. Oh, God. They're like, oh. So we, we cut, and then we're like, wow, that was weird. All right, let's go take a look. So then me and the lead, we're, like, looking at the at the thing, and there's just a schlonger right bouncing back and forth between us oh. with these two oh people shouting. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> so, was... wait, how so... were they so close to you? I know. I was just going to ask that. So were you standing in front of their hotel room window? So it was okay. like we're, like, right in front of it. So you were, in, like, in front the of their room. Yeah, we're literally in front of the, the front window on the ground floor of this hotel. Wow. Yeah. You watch the movie, you'll be able to see the hotel and you'll be like, what? And that, that hotel was that hotel was crazy too because um, like everything in there was like just dilapidated. Like as far as scouting goes, like they found a good a really, really good spot. But like the shower curtains, um, they weren't really up. They were like too short. So the guy who fixed them from the hotel killed a twelve pack of beers. And used the bottle caps on each side of the uh, of the pressure rod to hold it in place. It was. <laughs> oh my god! Not gonna lie, when you said killed, I was like very taken aback for a second, and I thought you were gonna say it was like some kind of an ex-con because yeah, that it felt was, pretty I wouldn't, natural. I wouldn't lie. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was if that was the case. Really but, yeah, it was a that was a crazy set. Sounds like wild times on the wrong car. It was. But, like, even, even like, walking around Worcester was weird. Like, I got into, there's this bar in Worcester that was, like, an old speakeasy mm-hmm. that was closed. So, like, the front of it was just this, like, dive, like, super dive bar. Like, you go in, like, the floor is just dirty. It smells like dead flies. Like, mm. everything is sticky. You don't really know why. There's only, like, five people in there. But, like, it's a speakeasy. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, where's the speakeasy part? And they're like, oh, it's through the bathroom wall and then downstairs. And I was like, Whoa. 
can I see it? They're like, you're not really allowed down there because like it's closed and it's, you know, but I went in and they let me take pictures of it because I was on this movie and they're like starstruck. And I'm like, who am I? You know, why am I? Juan. Why am I invited? You're Juan. Yeah. But I went down there. Somebody invited Jesse. I was invited. I was invited, guys. I was invited. We are not invited. No. (laughs) But you weren't. Never. You weren't invited. And that's like weird stuff like that always has like happens i guess on film sets because like every film set i've been on like something weird is going on mm-hmm. yeah but it's you know yeah yeah there's a lot of different personalities that's for sure on the set mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Between the actors and the crew and yeah when i was doing the stunt stuff for uh, fast eight um and i was doing some previous stuff the like those guys were super super cool to hang out with mm-hmm. but a lot different than actors yeah you know that and so like, their so? their antics their antics were crazy because like you know for them getting thrown through walls is like an everyday practice right whereas like if you're an actor you're like mm, i don't know they're like yo who wants to take a bump and when you take a bump as a stunt guy you get a bump in your paycheck right so everybody's Ooh, running to like yeah. take those really because it's risky when you take a bump you get hooked up to like all these harnesses and these ropes and these pulleys and like you know you have to have a lot of trust and all the other people that go into doing these things that you know you know you never really think about but like when you start looking at these stunt guys going through like their typical day and like how insane it is you know just to you know get thrown you know 10 feet off of a balcony into a bunch of cardboard boxes just just because you're doing a pre-visualization for what it's actually going to be when you actually do it and those boxes aren't going to be there oh yeah i was going to ask for you to explain what you meant by you were doing previs work for stunts. So when you do a pre-visualization, it's sort of like um, you're giving like a demonstration of what a stunt or a sequence could look like. Mm-hmm. So they will record it and put like some effects and some sound on it and like show the stunt guys going through it. And there'll be some stand-ins for the actors who are mm-hmm. also stunt people going through the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's sort of like, a hey, this is a, for instance, this is what we're thinking. Because with that kind of art form, the only way to explain it to someone is to show it. Is to show it. Like, you can say, yeah. oh, he's going to get punched in the face like this, you know, in this kind of fashion. He's going to take this left hook here and he's going to do two flips and blah, blah. But until you, like, see it happen, you don't really know what it's going to look like. So they, yeah. they shoot it before they actually shoot it. Nick and I watched, um, Nick is my boyfriend, Nick and I were watching um, Indiana Jones last night and I'd Mm -hmm. never seen it before. And that makes me think of the scene where this like, this dude in Egypt comes out with like the big massive knife and is like swirling his sword and Indy just like pulls his gun out and shoots him. And it's hilarious. And apparently Nick was telling me that that happened because Harrison Ford had, um, food poisoning that day and they had choreographed this whole scene with him having like a sword fight sword versus bullwhip fight because indiana jones's thing is his whip and it was supposed to be this massive fight and harrison ford was like uh i have food poisoning can i just shoot him and they were (gasps) like yeah that's great (laughs) don't you love like finding out you know fun little tidbits after yeah. you watch a movie of like what happened, you know, all the behind the scenes, like, oh, that's why it was shot that way, or it's so yeah. fun. I got a, I got in trouble on uh, Finest Hours for doing a stunt that I hadn't talked to them about because I've 
I'm a very physical actor, and I've always been physical. So, like, in my stage acting, like, if I'm just doing stuff, it'll right. be really physical or I'll fall or something. But when you're doing film, you can't do that. Everything mm. is talked about. Everything is planned. So, like, this one moment where the boat hits this sandbar, I did this flip over a uh, over one of the um, uh, pieces, set pieces, and uh, everybody stopped. Everything froze. Oh, wow. I got yelled at by, like, the stunt choreographer, the director, the AD. Everyone pulled me aside. I was like, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, I landed it perfectly fine. Like, I was totally yeah. fine. I've been doing pratfalls and everything my whole life. But they were like, you know, you're not cleared for this. You're not, you, you didn't talk to us about it. If you want to do something, you have to talk about it first. You can't just go ahead and do it. And I was like, oh. I feel like there are union rules yeah. about that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a whole, a, whole bunch, a whole bunch of stuff. So um, when it came to actually doing the stunt that, I'm, that I was uh, supposed to do, uh, I had a stunt double um, for that for that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we both did it. But uh, I don't know who, who's actually in the film, if it's him or if it's him or me, um, oh, wow. from when they did the yank. And it's cool because, like, there's all these ropes and everything. Is that when you fall off the bed? Yeah, when I, when I get bumped off the bed, which was cool because, like, everything in that room was practical and they built it. So, like, even the bunk beds, they, like, they, like jack up and everything like that. And there's, like, a, there's, like, a dude on, the, on a ladder just off screen, which is crazy how they do these bumps. So it's just a dude on a ladder with a rope. And I have, like, a bunch of different ropes attached to me in a vest under my costume. Mm-hmm. And then he just jumps off the ladder and it just yanks you out. Oh, my God. And the way that That's they wild. hook you is how your body will flip. Yeah. Ooh. And you just have to go. It's physics. That's cool. I know. Yeah. That's, and, that's, and that's what they were saying. Like, everything is so planned out. You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I love hearing these stories. This was awesome. Thank you, Jesse. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Thanks, yeah. Jesse. Thanks, guys, for having me. We'll make sure that... Thanks for having me. We'll um, everyone check out the um, description portion of our episode and... Yeah. Go watch post, The Wrong Car. We'll post Jesse's IMDb. Yes. Um. Oh, and what's that movie where I kept getting texts and calls from friends and family for seeing your face pop up in a very recent movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tell me what movie that was. Six Underground. Uh, it's mo- on Netflix. <laughs> yep. Uh, the most recent Michael Bay movie. Yeah. That if was that was fun. I'm that was that was interesting that. too, you know, work, working on uh, on that set real quick was was fun. Cuz it was it was super short, but um, it's interest it's interesting the way that 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 one comes together cuz he he shoots a lot of stuff too on like an iPhone sometimes. Which really? Is interesting. Yeah. Like Did iPhones he are shoot really that fantastic. senior in an, with an iPhone? No, that one was with a red. He's got this uh, he's got this crazy red camera. Mm-hmm. Which is cool, but he goes like, um, he goes from uh, a slide and just like will pop off all of a sudden and just like it'll be handheld, which is I've never seen anyone do that before. Because if you're on like a slide, usually you just stay on it, and then you have to yeah. set up another shot. But he doesn't care; he'll just like pick it up and go. I think it's great that I like when directors also shoot their own stuff yeah. and camera operate yeah. as well. Yeah, he does. He gets he gets right in there for some crazy, crazy stuff. Cool. That's so. really awesome. All right, well. I know that Six Underground is streaming on Netflix right now. Go check it out. I know you, see me. Sure. I know you guys have it. time to watch that. <laughs> we know you guys are all working from home. It's getting added to my list, okay. so add it to your list too. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jesse. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you guys. We'll have you on again. 
Well, I mean, I'm, I'm around. I'm only I'm only ten feet that way. Yeah. <laughs> True story. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. Bye, guys. All right, guys. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we do have an email address for this podcast, and we really would love to hear your feedback and what you thought about episode one, and also if you have anything you'd like us to elaborate on, any movies you want us to talk about any topics at all because we love to talk about anything and everything please email mm-hmm. us yes anything uh email us at we are not invited podcast at gmail.com all one word we are not invited podcast and let us know what you thought yeah and make sure to follow us on instagram we are at not invited podcast and how about that intro song guys How about that intro song? That was my good friend, Chris, who was actually mentioned earlier in the episode who Jesse has worked with before. He was in the finest hours. He's also a musician and I would love for you guys to check him out. His Instagram name is O'Reilly underscore factor and I'll spell it. It's O-R-E-I-L-L-Y underscore F-A-K-T-O-R. O'Reilly underscore factor Chris O'Reilly Chris thank you so much for our amazing intro song you make us look way cooler than we are absolutely we <laughs> might get invited to things because yeah. of that cool intro song. listen if that happens Chris will invite you too yeah you can be our plus one <laughs> <laughs> all right guys thanks again for tuning in please 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 subscribe if you liked us hit that subscribe button make us thanks look everybody good. And uh, stay tuned for episode two. But seriously, guys. Seriously, guys? But seriously, guys. How, how are, are we, we not, not invited? invited?